This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, and this is Campaign Catch-Up. It's Wednesday, the 20th of April. Today, Guardian Australia's chief political correspondent, Sarah Martin, is here to talk about how Solomon Islands' new security pact with China has shifted the battleground of the campaign. But first, here's what happened today. The Guardian's first essential poll since the election was called says that Labor slipped three points in the two-party preferred plus measure over the last fortnight on 47%. The coalition was up one point on 46%. This includes voters who aren't yet sure who they intend to vote for. The perennial war between unions and employers is back again. If it's returned to government, the coalition plans to resurrect workplace reforms from a bill that failed to pass the Senate last year. Prime Minister Scott Morrison says they're practical, common-sense changes that'll help companies deal with a complex industrial relations system. They include a plan to extend workplace agreements for mining and construction projects worth more than $500 million from four to six years, handy for employers who want to avoid disruptive disputes with unions on wages. Labor's industrial relations spokesman Tony Burke warned that this could only mean one thing. Low wages haven't been an accident. The government made clear low wages are a deliberate design feature of their management of the economy. At a time when Australians are desperately wanting to see wages get moving again, the Prime Minister has made clear legislation that is about cutting wages is on the way back if Mr Morrison is returned. But what really sucked the air out of the room on the campaign trail today was news overnight that Solomon Islands signed a security pact with China. The details of the deal are unknown, but the coalition called for calm, saying Solomon Islands Prime Minister had ruled out earlier plans to allow China to build a military base there. Labor's foreign affairs spokeswoman Penny Wong called it... The worst failure of Australian foreign policy in the Pacific since the end of World War II. We have China now with a security agreement with the nation of the Pacific, a nation that's just over 1,600 kilometres from Cairns. So what this means is on Scott Morrison's watch, our region has become less secure and the risks Australia faces have become much greater. Prime Minister Scott Morrison's daily press conference was dominated by questions about whether he'd made a mistake sending a junior MP, that's Minister for the Pacific, Zedza Selja, to persuade Solomon Islands not to sign the pact with China, instead of Foreign Affairs Minister Maurice Payne. Morrison tried to assure voters that his record on China is a strong one. The risk of China seeking to interfere within our region I have known about and have been taking strong action about. I mean, I was the one who stood up and called out China on the pandemic. I was the one who called out their interference. I was the one who did all of this and, and I was the one criticised for it, including by the Labor parties. And that the same goes for Australia's relationship with the Pacific. I've spent countless hours in meetings with um, Pacific Island leaders. You know, we're siblings. There are not children and adults in that relationship. We treat, we treat the Pacific family as siblings and as family. But Labor leader Anthony Albanese said that Solomon Island's deal with China represented a failure of Morrison's leadership and foreign policy. Once again, the characteristic of this government is on show. A Prime Minister who goes missing on the big questions. 
a Prime Minister who's always too little too late, whether it's the bushfires, whether it's ordering enough vaccines, whether it's ordering rapid antigen tests. Coming up, Chief Political Correspondent Sarah Martin on China's deal in the Pacific and how it could affect this election. Hey, Sarah, how are you going? Hey, I'm well, Jane. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. Week two. Yes. (laughs) So overnight we heard news that Solomon Islands has signed a security pact with China. And today there seemed to be a real shift in tone from the last week or so of the campaign, I think. Yeah, I guess if we're talking about the psychology of an election campaign, which is always interesting, um, I think after this statement was released last night, we saw that issue really gain traction this morning, um, taken up by Penny Wong um, strong and early on Wednesday morning, and then obviously Albanese really sort of going hard in his press conference. All of that sort of build up really put Morrison on the back foot when he finally stood up to do his press conference in Adelaide. And ironically, he was in Adelaide making a defence announcement. So I guess um, for the government's part as well, they were they were keen to have the conversation about defence, but perhaps uh, perhaps not so much this element of it. Okay, so let's go through some of the key criticisms that we heard at the Prime Minister's daily press conference. First, there was a lot made today about the decision to send a junior minister to Solomon Islands instead of Maurice Payne, a cabinet minister and the foreign minister. Mm. One journalist even suggested she was at a campaign fundraiser at the time. What do you think of this? Was this a mistake? Yeah, look, I think sending the foreign minister would obviously have been a stronger message. Now, the prime minister was on the defensive about that today and he suggested that you needed to calibrate the relationships and so you wouldn't necessarily send your more senior minister because you wanted to calibrate with the minister that uh, you're meeting with. So that was sort of a peculiar defence. I mean, he did say that Australia doesn't want to be seen to be throwing its weight around and stomping around uh, the Solomons and telling them what to do. And obviously that is an issue of some sensitivity. But even so, I think the fact that Australia didn't dispatch the foreign minister, um, I mean, they both could have gone, quite frankly, if they were seriously concerned about it. So I don't think that's a great look. And I think the defence is flimsy. Mm. I mean, Labor's sort of painting this, the existence of the pact as a mistake or an error on the prime minister's part. Is that, do you think that's a fair assessment or does that go too far? Well, it's very difficult to know, I guess, whether Australia could have done anything to prevent this happening. Um, I mean, we do have to remember that the Solomon Islands is a sovereign country and they are obviously free to make decisions in in what they deduce to be their own uh, national interest. Now, I think it's pretty clear that Australia was caught napping with this and we know that from when the draft agreement was leaked and uh, officials were sort of scrambling to to verify it. So I think this particular deal uh, has caught them by surprise. Um, whether or not it could have been prevented from being signed is difficult to know. And, and the Prime Minister, uh, Scott Morrison, today seemed to be suggesting there was only so much pressure and influence they could exert on the Solomon Islands. You know, there may not be anything they can do because of the extreme amount of pressure uh, mm. and influence that China has on the region. So I think that's, in some ways, that's uh, impossible to know the answer to um, because there's obviously, you know, Australia's not... Australia can't tell the Solomon Islands what to do. Mm, That's true. I guess the Prime Minister was also very quick to paint a pretty rosy picture, though, of of Australia's relationship or the Australian government's relationship with Pacific leaders over the years, which I think has raised some eyebrows. Um, what, What do you make of that? 
I guess, you know, we know that, for example, the relationship between Australia and Pacific Island nations has been very much tested, particularly over the issue of climate change and Australia's reluctance to do more on that, despite the appeals from Pacific Island nations. Yes, that definitely did not come up at the press conference today. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously the government has made much of its Pacific Step Up program um, and sort of highlights that as one of its flagship foreign policy programs. I guess the question is, you sort of wonder uh, whether or not it's it's doing enough. Is it is it actually um, having the influence um, that Australia would like it to have? Um, clearly, they haven't put a lot of um, weight in Australia's uh, diplomatic position on this to go ahead and, and sign the agreement with China, regardless of Australia's concerns and also, it must be said, New Zealand and the United States' concerns. Hmm. And of course, we've been talking about the relationship Australia has with Solomon Islands. But of course, on the other side of the coin, Australia also has to maintain some sort of relationship with China. Um, And the Prime Minister seemed today to be balancing this really thin tightrope between being seen as tough on China on one side, while also really respectful of Solomon Islands' sovereignty. Is there political danger here for him? Yeah, look, I think there's definitely a vulnerability here for the government because, um, you know, at the same time as it's taking this very hard line against China and has really amped up the rhetoric um, against China, particularly since Peter Dutton became defence minister, at the same time that is that is happening, China has signed this deal with the Solomon Islands, who Australia, you'd think if we could stop Chinese influence in the region, that would have been a good place to start and to actually show that we can, uh, you know, talk the talk as well walk the walk as well as talk the talk. So I think that is problematic. So it's a very difficult line to tread, as you say, for the government to be standing up and saying it's tough on China and Labor would be weak on China, while at the same time trying to defend uh, its relationship with the Solomon Islands and its failure to stop this security pact being signed. Mm. And I mean, the security pact story is the big story of the day. It's really challenging this narrative that Morrison's been trying to sell on this campaign, which is that the government is tough on borders and tough on national security. Could this stick to him during this campaign? Um, Look, I think it's questionable whether issues of foreign policy really influence um, people's uh, sort of take on domestic politics. Um, But certainly, given the government is trying to make this election not just about the economy, but also about national security, um, then it could become an issue if every time the government wants to make a campaign point on national security issues, well, Labor's got this as an example of where it arguably failed. So, um, it does potentially become a problem um, on the campaign trail for Morrison. And I mean, all of this, Sarah, sets both leaders up for a really interesting debate tonight. It's their first leaders debate in Mm. Brisbane hosted by Sky News. Um, How do you think that'll shape up for them? Yeah, well, Labor has clearly identified this issue as an opening for them and they have put the government on the black foot on this today um, with Albanese and Penny Wong calling this a massive foreign policy failure, the likes of which we haven't seen since World War II in the Pacific. So you can expect that they are going to uh, really grab hold of this issue with both hands and try and keep the pressure on Scott Morrison when they face off at tonight's leaders debate. Thanks so much, Sarah, for your time. I'll let you go. I'll speak to you soon. My pleasure. Thanks, Jane. That's your campaign catch-up for today. 
And if you want to find out more about the history behind Solomon Islands' security pact with China, have a listen to the full story podcast on this with our reporter, Daniel Hurst. We'll post a link to that episode in our show notes. The Leaders' first debate tonight will be in Brisbane on Sky News at 7pm Eastern Standard Time. You can also follow along on Guardian Australia's live blog. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe and me, Jane Lee. The executive producers are Miles Martignoni and Gabrielle Jackson. Our theme music was made by Martin Peralta. See you tomorrow.